Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. So what did you think of Horizon Zero Dawn from almost a whole year ago? From almost a whole year ago now. Wow, yeah. I, it, was a, it was a great game. It probably would have made my top 10 of 2017, partly because I probably only finished 10 games in 2017, but... Also because you spent so much time playing Sonic, therefore, of course, it would seem great to you. Oh, that is a possibility. Then yeah. again, Sonic has never made an open world game with crafting and uh, and various hunts and other things and hundreds of, or at least dozens of side quests and activities to do, so I don't know. So this might be one of the closest we've ever had to a real conflict here. Because I thought it was good, but not great. Thrilling. What a disagreement. Mm. Um, <laughs> see, part, part of my issue with Horizon Zero Dawn is I played uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild instead. Like, I was saving up for the right. Switch and everything. And so... Zelda Breath of the Wild kind of recontextualizes open-world game design in your head. Like... I didn't realize Breath of the Wild is the open world game I've always wanted. So when I come and I play Horizon Zero Dawn like months after everyone else already has and the the, the DLC's coming out and I'm pretty convinced I don't really need the DLC because evidently it's more but harder. And man, like Horizon has a lot of good ideas. But then it's just an open world game and it's like... Eh. So... I haven't played Breath of the Wild, so maybe I think I I spent a lot of time over the years with the various Ubisoft um, open world games, Assassin's Creed, and um, and all that. Um, where I initially like earlier open world games like Grand Theft Auto Three didn't really do anything for me, but then you know I was running around Assassin's Creed, finding every last feather or flag or whatever dumb object you had to yeah. go trawl the map for. So I think in a lot of ways, maybe, would, would you would you say this is true, that Horizon Zero Dawn represents a excellent, top-notch, maybe the best, one of the best examples of a typical open-world game, but then... For you, Breath of the Wild kind of rewrote the book and, and did a shift that that sort of took that that you know if Horizon Zero Dawn's up top, Breath of the Wild just kind of pulled that rug out and said, "No, we're putting the rug over here, uh, someplace different." <laughs> Something along those lines. Because um, I mean, you're you're right that the I think the Ubisoft formula. The problem with it is that it became a formula, but. When Assassin's Creed came around, you could argue that it really helped contextualize the idea of an open world environment as not well. Actually, it, it removed the sandbox element because it not it isn't necessarily about doing whatever you want, especially right. in Assassin's Creed. That's, no, that's true. Um, whereas Grand Theft Auto, the whole joke was do whatever you want, and Saints Row the Third, I feel, is what takes that Grand Theft Auto template to like its most logical. Because Saints Row 3, because the game is very self-aware and because everyone is horrible anyway, you don't care about running over pedestrians. Right. Which in Grand Theft Auto you don't because even though they're trying to tell the serious story, the rest of the yeah. game's laughing about like, haha, you're playing a video game. And, I think that's and Saints what, Row owns up to that. Um, and that's, that's kind of why I think the Ubisoft formula appealed to me, at least for until, until Assassin's Creed became an annual thing. And it felt like, you know, it just I didn't have enough time in my life to, yeah. to spend 30 hours looking for whatever random object they scattered about Constantinople or yeah. whatever. Um, and then was, was that right? You even said in Constantinople. Yeah. Uh, Brotherhood. The, the one after Brotherhood. No, Revelations. Revelations, you're right. Okay, there was one in Constantinople. Anyway, that it just kind of got to be... I think it was with... Uh, the the one the, there's Altair there's Ezio there's the one the the, 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 the colonial one, one with George Washington. See, I don't remember. I never beat Assassin's Creed Three. Was that because that's the first one with? Uh, yeah, that's the one where it was in America. Okay, the one and, in America. Um, yeah, it was not. 
I did not care much for it because it was a it was a lot less about um it was a lot less about assassinating and if you were busy getting attacked by wolves and didn't bother to pick up their pelts because you're too busy getting attacked by wolves, you, mean, you will desync. Desync, yeah. When so I mean, we, we don't want to talk too much about that. I but think it's a good, it's sort of a good point from where you're talking about. You're talking about leaving the wolf pelt and things well, like that. Yes. What would determine if you like Horizon Zero Dawn? And I think if you enjoy Ubisoft games but might be ready for a fresh take, right? Then. Horizon Zero Dawn is a good example without leaning too heavily into um, modern fads and trends. Which sounds silly because I'm talking about Horizon Zero Dawn being open world and doing the Ubisoft formula. But at the same time, Assassin's Creed Origins is leaning further now into what is Destiny doing. We have the different kinds of loot you can pick up. Um... We have people describe it as Dark Soulsian combat. So Ooh, changing changing combat. the combat, which is like, to, to be honest, is the complete opposite of Horizon Zero Dawn, which is just like really bad melee and all kinds of awesome ranged options. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's kind of the opposite. But because uh, I feel like, well, I never played Dark Souls. I played Demon Souls. It's really bad ranged combat and all melee. <laughs> it's. The best way I can describe Demon's Souls and Dark Souls from my experience is that you take the mentality of an action game like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry, but you slow it down for more broad consumption, which I'm sure a lot of people uh, will find. See? See, that's the thing. Like, a lot of people are going to be like, wait, I don't know. No, 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 no. But a lot of people that would never be good at Bayonetta or Devil May Cry are going to flock to something like Dark Souls and Demon's Souls because it's challenging, but at a slow pace. See, I, I'm actually really good at like Devil May Cry. I, I tried. Oh, I like it too because I like. But, this is why I need to try Bloodborne because Bloodborne's evidently more aggressive, and a this, more aggressive style probably fits closer to what I like. Now this might this might be more true of the original Demon Souls and later on. Again, we're talking about every other game here, <laughs> um, but not Horizon. <laughs> but there's, I think, there's a point to that. Um, in Demon Souls, what it what it felt like to me was that every button press mattered. Yes, and that and that's that's kind of where I feel like the core of the game was. It was a little bit slowed down from something like a Devil May Cry game, or 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 a Bayonetta or something like that, or your Ninja Gaiden. Um, but it was I felt like in those games still you kind of memorized your combos, right? And then yeah. square, square, triangle, square, circle, square, whatever, up, down, left, right, A, B, A, B. But if you play in the um, harder difficulties, uh, Maybe. But any, anyway, so so with with Horizon Zero Dawn, right, you have the element. You have this, the core of the game is open world, exploration. You have a, you start out with a map and it's mostly blacked out. Yeah. And then by the end of the game, the whole map's there. And you, it's clouded out. There's, um... It's almost like a fog of war. Right, the fog. That's right, the fog. Um, there's different... There's vantage points to expand your view, which in this game take the form of robotic brontosauruses. Uh, yeah. Which is kind of cooler than just like, oh, I'm like climbing the chapel. Uh, it but is, essentially but... it's the same thing. It's a moving chapel that you climb to the top of and synchronize or not synchronize. Anyway... Um, so you have this this kind of core of the game. You have combat, which is almost 100% about preparation and 0% about anything else. That's how I felt in combat. That if I had enough materials and I had and I had enough arrows, I could do anything. I could cheese and kite and do anything to get through a fight. From having watched people that really know what they're doing this game and then combined with my own personal experience, most of the time my efforts at preparation were futile. Like, I'd lay down a crap ton of traps and try and lure Mm. enemies around, but then I'd have, like, so many left to pick up. Not always, but some... Yeah, again, I'm not talking about... Like, my main strategy in the game was, like, set things, like... Flame arrows, explosive arrows, precision arrows. Like, 
I would I would keep my distance anytime I could, pick off every human target with precision arrows, every robot that was a one-shot kill with precision arrows. Um, I would then switch to flaming arrows, set everything on fire, switch to explosive arrows, blow everything up. That's kind of my... I didn't use traps. I, I used mm. I, I used a lot of a lot of different arrows. Um, I had that close so you range not, shotgun. You, you and I did do things. See, I never used that close range uh, weapon. This, I guess part of what make what what makes um, Horizon really well done is uh, unlike a lot of other like one of the things about open world games is certain like combat mechanics and others. Like it always feels like they take a shortcut on something. Right. Horizon doesn't really feel like they took a shortcut on anything, and one of those things is definitely the combat. Um, because like you're, you're saying you used all these things, like the shotgun uh, element. I didn't use a lot of that. I used a lot of the um, the rope caster, which is what you use to latch onto the guy. And I, I never used the rope caster. Oh, for some enemies, it's really useful for hitting their weak points. And some of them, you check to see, it's like, is this guy weak to electricity? Is this guy weak to right. this? Well, I, and someone pointed out there was actually a really good observation a lot of the groups are put together so that if there's enemies weak to ice, there will, there might be an enemy capable of exploding ice kind of like oh, energy so can, onto the other enemies, and it'll impact. So, so you, you can do have area of effect, or like the 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 shocker, um, the the like electric crab things. If you hit their weak point that causes them to discharge, then it'll hit enemies that are weak to that. Right, and I think that's kind of. That's kind of where, to, to me, in some ways, Horizon became, and part of this was definitely accessibility, became the antithesis of the sort of combat we talk about in a Souls game, is that there was, there was a perfect way to accomplish a lot of encounters, and then there was just sort of like, whatever way you cobbled up. And it was okay to do to do either way. Like I rarely, like I said, I rarely did stuff like that. I had a I had a system, and it worked. <laughs> um, well, you know, and that's the thing. I think the game. You, okay, I'm going to start making. It. If you're listening right now, and I say that's the thing, take a drink, Steve. Take a drink. You got a beer? Mm-hmm. I got to get myself out of that habit. But um, no, uh, what I found with this game is the way it is designed, and that's part of where it is leaning heavily into trends skill tree and this is part of where like I'm looking back at Breath of the Wild because they both both of these games have an emphasis on handling combat situations how you want the right. difference is after the first maybe hour when you start off in the Great Plateau and Breath of the Wild you have everything you need to do whatever strategy you want most of your strategies after that point are going to build off of the the, the, the basic tools that you have and they're very versatile tools so yeah you can get stuck in a rut of this is what's most uh, effective but you have the tools to experiment from the start right. versus uh, and there are some upgrades but most of them like maybe the stasis upgrades are the most use- useful in combat um, but in Horizon Zero Dawn there are uh, tools at the bottom of the skill tree that are really useful and you will not have for dozens of hours of the game. Yeah, and then you true. have weaponry and equipment that can only be got from... like You can't upgrade your rope, rope caster unless you do a bunch of the, bunch of the hunting quest things. Right. And I don't mean like go kill this thing. I mean, oh, you gotta get the three star with these guys or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. There's, they're, right. I, they're not the hunt... I guess they are part part of the hunting lodge, but the hunting lodge itself has its own quests. And so that irritated me because mm-hmm. by time I was unlocking new tools I already had a plethora of tools that I liked and there's only so much space on the weapon wheel. What I could have used in this game was some simplification. Um, which is funny when I look back, what, 10, 10, about 10 years ago when Bioshock came out and everyone was complaining, you don't have a real inventory, man. You don't have an inventory. You dumbed it down for yeah. console. <laughs> well, now you have too much of an inventory. Yeah. Like, there's, like... No, I think that, again, that, that does sort of tie into 
it's sort of like a it's like a hybrid criticism that I have of the combat, and that's in the interest of sort of allowing you to do anything. It doesn't. It ends up feeling. I don't know what the word is. Like it's just analysis paralysis. Maybe. Um, the you, idea that there's so many options that you kind of get stuck. Your brain right. Shuts you down. either right. You either you have you have two options. Either you like right. You do the other whole analysis and you, and you have to figure out. Like you sit there and you're like, okay, like. Right, this guy's weak to lightning, and this guy's weak. So how am I gonna go about this? Or and you you optimize your weapons, and you swap out what's in your inventory and everything else, and you go do the encounter, or you do what I did, and you come up with a, with a really broad strategy <laughs> that works in almost every situation. There there were a couple fights where I'm like, pause, craft more arrows, 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 shoot them all. Pause, craft more arrows, arrows, oh, arrows. Sounds, see, I normally did have to do that. I mean, I will agree. I, 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 I stuck with precision arrows because they're the best, but I had, um, like, I, I made sure I had a different set of each of the bombs so I could always toss yeah. some of the bombs. Like, okay, what's this guy's weakness? I'll toss yeah. this. Or, um, as many, tool, like, as many tools as I could uh, have available yeah. to my, my disposal. But, again, at the same time, like one of the reasons I love the rope caster is that it actually slows down the enemy further and makes it easier to aim for some of the weak points. Yeah. Because sometimes that area of effect damage ain't good enough. And at, this, at the same time, lighting something on fire is really useful. Which is um, why I lit everything on fire <laughs> all the time. But not everything is weak to fire. It's not as effective. That's true. No, I would keep that... What's that, like, rock, what's that like grenade launcher thing? I don't know. I don't know. like the grenade... Yeah, I'd keep that. I have like electric things for that. Oh, yeah. I had the, the explosives, too. Yeah, the, um, the ice. I usually keep... Those elect- are all right. I didn't always use them. It always... It depended on uh, the state of the enemy. Um, oh, you do the, uh, the the burst arrows or the ones that are designed... Like, they don't really do damage... But they're designed oh, to yes. knock armor off. No, dude. Oh, no, no, oh, no. Oh, those ones. Yes. The ones that, like... Yes, those are essential for me when I'm taking down one of the big T-Rex guys. Because okay, you just yeah. take off his disc throwers, it's, his disc launchers and stuff. It's been a while. Those were actually... Later in the game, those became my go-to. Because I would just... I would shred everything. Then I would set it on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, the big T-Rex guys, you got to get rid of their disc launchers. you got to get rid of whatever... Oh. Big powerful ranged weapon they got, and, and see this is, and then you can light it. On and fire. this is where the game really worked because one of my favorite things to do was take off the disc launcher, pick it up, pick it up, and, and then just... wreck it with its own disc with its own gun. Like, yeah, that was that that that's where we're talking. Actually, that that the that the T Rex thing is one of the first creatures they came up with. And I that, think it was. They had the yeah. no clip documentary, and I feel like. Maybe it wasn't one of the first ones, but it was one of the first ones they started to really work on where they're like, this is a cool idea. Right. The idea of robot dinosaurs. Because he is the most fun of the machines I feel like to fight. Because he's challenging enough. I would always go back and and fight. There's that one encounter on the road coming down. To the big city Meridian, I think. Yeah, to the Meridian, yeah. There, I would I would always go back and do that. Or, or if somebody wanted to have been like, oh, you're playing Horizon, I wanted to see that. I'd be like, here, check this out. And I'd go. And, and so that one always has other guys fighting it too, so it's not right. always most difficult. You got something to distract it. Yeah. And so that's also, the, I think that ties in a little bit with something that's been a long-standing criticism, or area criticism for me with games. And that is the the... The difference, oh, the difference, the tension between st- scripted sequences and emergent gameplay. Um, where Horizon Zero Dawn, I feel, typically mostly leans heavily into emergent gameplay, where you leave a lot of freedom to the to the player to figure out some crazy and kind of tell your own crazy story with it I don't really think it's emergent because the enemies are largely like where they appear is scripted well that's true but there's nothing like oh he's going to burst out of the rock wall at this moment they're 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 they're, they're dropped in a zone and then the AI runs 
Oh yeah. And they behave according to the AI. But you would still you'd get situations where, like, oh man, I pissed off that guy. I didn't mean to do that. And uh, now he's chasing me. Oh, he chased me right into no, no, the T-Rex. No, no. And there is actually one. There there are some scripted moments in the game because I discovered one. Oh. Trying to avoid the two infected. Um. Oh, what are they? What are, they're like the the the. Not weasels. Is it weasels? The burrowers. With the huge oh, yeah, front yeah. claws. I know what you're talking about. I don't think weasels is right. Um, no. Uh, moles. Basically the big mole things. Yeah, those were those were tough. Those things were a pain. And evidently, like, the secret is just... Don't move. Don't move. Right. Which is... Well, I mean, he's throwing rocks at me. What do you expect? Well, whatever. Anyway, um, go ahead. But he... Um, the first time I ever encountered them was the two infected ones. And they're, like, two of the hardest in the game. Uh, that's one of the most hard, difficult yeah. encounters. And so after I was like, okay, I'll come back to this later. Trying to go around, always engaged in a fight because there was a scripted point. We're walking by these traders, uh, tr- uh, traders or whatever. It would traders, not traitors, traders. Um, the the Glenhawks, like they uh, spawn, and I watched one time, and they they just appear out of nowhere in the sky. Yeah, there's yeah. a scripted fight, and after they would I, always get the attention of the moles. And it's like you got you. Just, uh, I'm going to die, and I don't well, want to. Again, again, it's not. A, it's not. It's, a, it's obviously it's a continuum. And there's right. There's some definitely some scripted moments in the game, and there are some some scripted sequences which are more reliant on on a, on a certain sequence of, of events and that kind of thing. I'm thinking more in terms of um, how would you say, it? like, like right. So the. The sort of the textbook example of a scripted sequence is like, we put you on a gun turret on this thing, and you're going to like, you know, the shoot enemies are always waves. going to come in yeah. this order in these number of waves, and you and you shoot them. Where that's like a totally scripted thing. Where a lot of games where it's more okay, like, you know, you're going to come down through here. You're going to have a machine gun or a shotgun, and the the enemies are are laid out for you to sort of. We have a we have an idea of how we want you to take these guys out, like throw a grenade over the cover and get that guy with a shotgun, etc. Yeah. Where and then you start moving more towards something, you know, like Horizon, where it's like, okay, well, you have, you could have any of a hundred different weapon combinations here between all the different things, where you have the rope caster, the bow, the Grenade, grenade thing where there will be people online that are like, "Oh, this is the best optimized way to go about it." Right. But there's also going to be someone else that's like, "You know what? That doesn't work for me, but I got it this way." Right. So the, the, it, the, and, and there's like, a play style thing. That right. And like I talk about with you know shooting off a gun from an enemy's gun and using it against him or that that sort of thing where some people may have played through the entire game and have never done done that. Yeah. I did that multiple times in multiple fights in different different areas. Um so and that's where I think it's it's a it's a it's a two-edged sword is where I think it is where I think it's sort of addressing some of both of our I don't want to say it's a complaint about the combat both of our feelings, like the the combat, was in some ways. There's an awful lot there, and the game tries to teach you without forcing you to read pages upon pages of tutorial text. Mm-hmm. It does try and teach you, and it also tries to use those three star challenge whatever yeah. uh, areas. It tries to teach you greater strategy there as well, but unfortunately, again, it locks a lot of equipment. Uh, behind certain gates and then it locks a lot of skills behind a skill tree and a lot of those skills honestly should have been there from the beginning it's not I mean like honestly the ability to pick up your own traps after you lay them like that, that that's, that's a, an ability that should not I be I didn't really mess with traps so I don't know <laughs> um, but no there's there's a bunch of abilities regarding um uh, concentration, a bunch of abilities regarding uh, how you attack, like different um, stealth kills. There's different kinds oh, of stealth yeah, kills yeah. that the game locks behind uh, different uh, skill tree things. And honestly, the only time I really enjoyed going up against other humans in this game was during the bandit camps. The bandit, the bandit camps were great because unlike the rest of the game, the rest of the game you're always stuck in these little tight corridors. 
And if you're really good, you can stealth the whole section. But it's also really easy to screw up and get spotted. And after that, you're basically in a fight. And the melee combat's awful. And when an enemy knows where you are, you gotta get sucked into melee combat. And um, the ranged combat is more effective. If you're stealthing it, ranged combat is great. But honestly, the bandit camps are the best the best execution of fighting other humans in the game because yeah. a lot of them will, especially if they're aware of you, they will no, notice a trap and will not step in it. Not always. Sometimes you can get them to walk across Again, the trap. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know because I didn't use the traps very much. Um, but yeah, I know. They're I would, so useful in some cases, man. I mean, I would. Um, the, the bandit camps were fun, but I would actually. I would use. Um, what was the ability where you like like things like slow down when you aim? Concentrate. Yeah, concentrate. Yeah, I would, and this was my play style. I would like, and once I got found, I would, I would just be slow mo headshotting all day. See, I had a habit of uh, picking a couple guys off and then running away and hiding, and then as they're starting to walk away, stab them in the back one by one as I could. Also, set um, everything on fire. Yeah, not when I did bandit camp. It, bandit camps usually took me a long time because. Well, I tried yeah, the bandit camps I would everywhere. usually I'd usually whittle down. I'd do the perimeter. I'd, I'd go around the perimeter and take out everyone I could around the perimeter, and I move it a little closer. The the, the the item in the sk- skill tree to stealth kill like the heavy guys or the uh, candidate, like, that was clever. That's something that it's like okay, make that make that cost whatever skill points. Like I'm I'm fine with that. Because that's something where it's like, okay, that's kind of a reward for doing yeah. well. That's something to shoot for. And that's also something to fit a play style. But it's buried under, like, how many other things you got to get through? Yeah. And, um... I, uh, so, I, 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 I feel like, like that's... That, I mean, that's I like, see, those are kind of... Those things didn't bother me as much. I thought the skill tree was, was fine. But, Again, but that's my, the thing. I, like, that's where you're also going to find yourself getting stuck in using the same strategies throughout an entire 50-hour game because by hour 45, you unlock a new ability, but who cares? It's hour 45. You're already set in your ways. That's true. Unless it's a real game-changer. It's not... You're not really going to yeah. change it. Yeah. No, I get that. So what about... So we've talked a lot about the the gameplay. We talked about the combat is mostly what we've talked we've about. about the combat. But when, if we're going to talk more about the open world, because that's the thing, like what we're talking about now, it's like, Chris, you sound like you're really enjoying this game and you're just nitpicking things like skill trees. Why isn't it a great game? And it's the wrong kind of open world. And I feel like the, the world should be smaller. Which for a lot of people might say, especially because honestly, I don't think it's that big of an open world. It was pretty small. I was thinking I could have... You could ride uh, one of those horse dinosaurs. And I barely did that. That's the and funny could, thing. You I, could I, ride I usually one of those, travel on foot. I bet you could ride one of those from end to end in under a half hour. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, um, and yet... Let's see. It Part of my issue is, again, you... You go on these tower things, and the first thing it does is it loads up your map with icons. And thank God you can get rid of some of them. Mm. And it doesn't do what Ubisoft does, which is just drop as much as it can. Just as much. So repetitive. Like, it's got a bunch of different cauldrons, I think they call them. And each one is unique in some way. They're they're different. Even when they're kind of similar, they're different. Um, And they're usually a lot of fun, and I enjoy doing them. But it's just another checklist activity amidst all this other stuff. Like, it feels like in some ways the game well, isn't exactly sure what it wants to focus on. Is, is it focusing on me fighting the monsters? Is it focusing on me fighting people? Like, what... And, and, and that's where... Maybe this is just my personal play style. I'd rather one linear focus or some level of simplification because again I'm thinking of Breath of the Wild what does Breath of the Wild do you've got enemy encampments that are not in any way a requirement to go through there are treasures in them but they're not the only things that are required well not even required the only things that are required are 
Ganon's castle. And then after that is the four divine beasts. Mm-hmm. And from then is the shrines. These are the big attractions of the game. And when it does those things, it does them all really well. And so they are very va- and they are very varied. You know what you're always doing and you don't feel any pressure to do any kind of a checklist. The game doesn't even tell you how many there are. You just find them on your own. And that's part of what I really loved about Breath of the Wild is, yes, it has towers as well, but when you open that tower, you get the topography. You do not get icons. You decide what the icon is yourself. And one of the greatest things I ever did in Breath of the Wild was take... Um, like the, the, there's a there's a random NPC that talks about oh there's these statues over here called like the seven sisters of the desert or whatever and there's a rumored eighth one somewhere up in the northwest or whatever so I was like okay I went to the topography of the map saw the outline the way they drew the statue went to the general direction that they looked and in the outline of the map with the art no icon no anything else just studying the map like you would have in real life or would in real life today, like interstate right. map. Boom. There it is. A statue form. So I mark it. I head towards that objective that I marked myself. And there I, fi- I find it. It's a different... Like, it's a real sense of discovery than walking in an area and Aloy saying, Oh, there's something over here. And you have the signal blinking to you. And before <laughs> you even track the signal, your map already tells you there's a long neck walking around. Right. It's... Yeah, I know. The, it's a... Maybe it's not the various activities... Maybe it's that, again, the lack of a sense of discovery, because as soon as it's an icon on the map, I feel like I have a errand list or a grocery list, and I got to hit every item off. And maybe this is my personal preference, because I don't like when someone get like, I feel compelled to complete that list, whereas I never had a list in Breath of the Wild. I didn't know originally how many shrines were in the game. You just... I just did as many as I found, I enjoyed them. And then I beat the game when I felt like I was ready. Interesting. So, I... I'm the kind of person that I feel like would end up just going online and finding all the locations on a map somewhere like that was marked out for me and then just doing that in the game. So that so what you described to me is like, oh, that's, that's nice. Oh, <laughs> but, oh really? But give me my icons, please. Oh, that's awful. You know well, what? Maybe yeah. maybe one day when you when you decide to be a good father, you will get your kids a Nintendo Switch. And when you do, you will try Breath of the Wild yourself. And maybe you'll discover, oh man, Chris was right all along. I feel yeah, absolutely... Yeah. This is freeing. This is like the first time you go from tidy whities to boxers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Um, I... And so then again, I guess for some of your blades, I always felt like in Horizon that there were everything was was to some degree rewarding. Like the cauldrons grant you the ever expanding ability to hack uh, to hack enemies. to hack enemies, which was not as useful as I was hoping. Oh, it was totally useful. What are you talking about? Hacked enemies yeah. all the time. Every encounter involved me hacking an enemy practically until you were fighting nothing but corrupted enemies. Always hacked. Mm-hmm. ABH, always be hacking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I, I feel and like again, so the, if I, I had my option, I would be able to hack all of the enemies until I had an army of them, except they were too busy fighting each other. Next thing you know, my guy's dead. So it's like, I don't know. They, they, they just keep killing each other, which is nice, is nice. What I used it for in some instances was to try and coax... Like with the, with the moles, mm. I actually used it to try and coax a fight to get their attention, and then they started like fighting those guys. Like that's I think what the most I, useful thing was to try and like make sure you guarantee a fight. Like I liked having the monsters fight each other. I did do that. Yeah, I would do that. I would do that where I would like well, I would do if there were there were kind of like two packs nearby or something. I would just start like Tupac. Tupac was nearby, <laughs> um, and I would just start turning one pack if like I didn't have the ability to turn the other one so they would just go over and fight the other pack and anyway 
that's I, another. I, that's actually another area though, where because I, I also didn't get the hacking arrows until really late in the game, so I never really used them, and those probably could have been really useful. Yeah. So yeah. Again, that's, and that's, that ended up being, an example of what kind of what I was talking about, where you you have so many options, you have so much breadth, of gameplay, that you there were things that I enjoyed. Uh, in the game, like more and things that you kind of missed and didn't use, or and there are things you would use, like the rope caster, that I never even touched. True. Um, and and again, I think that's a that's a strength and a weakness because on the one hand, certain things end up feeling like a waste of time, or certain encounters that might have been simplified by a certain tool or, or weapon, I, I missed out on. And again, and uh, the whole world. Everything is kind of connected. You need to do these quests to, to unlock this ability or this weapon or this other thing. Um, and I, I, I don't know, you you know the crafting abilities and other things, which really then you got to spend all day like picking up sticks. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I never had to pick up sticks because they keep giving them to you. Uh, see, I just picked up everything anyway. When I was running someplace, I was just always picking up everything. Uh, a lot of the things I didn't find a use for, like the fire kiln roots, I was always actually getting rid of them. I mean, what did you use those for? You used those for something. Use them for some, but not enough. I would also, I would start... Wire is what I was always getting low on. I, that's the only resource I ever bought was wire. Hmm. I would... I feel like also at some point... Then again, I was doing the rope caster and stuff, so I always needed you a always wire, wire and you didn't. Yeah. yeah, see, I didn't need it as much, yeah. No, it's interesting. So, so I think I think we broadly agree on, on the combat. Um, where a, little a lot bit- of options. Uh, we, th- there's, again, me nitpicking like, into thinking the systems kind of encourage you to get stuck in a rut of... Well, maybe not stuck in a rut, but get stuck in your ways instead of truly being able to experiment... Um, effectively. Uh, the- and then, yeah, kind of later in the game where I feel materials become more valuable. Um- I will. I should actually also note, because if it comes down to a preference thing, like part of it is, again, Breath of the Wild, I found out there's a kind of uh, open world game I really like, and Horizon isn't quite it. Um, at the same time, because of the timing and everything, I felt a weird pressure to get Horizon done as quickly as possible. And while there was some pressure for me to be like, okay, just, I gotta get this done, I gotta get to Ganon's castle, I gotta move on to something else. It wasn't that much because I just, I didn't want to just go to Ganon's castle, no matter how many hours, over 90 hours, that I sunk into Breath of the Wild. Versus by the time I was again to hour 50 of Horizon, I'm like, finally! I'm at the end! Yeah. Um... So how about so what do you think about the what do you think about the story? Should we go into spoilers or should we just be light on it? Um, I don't know. We're we're we're, we're pretty far in. We're pretty far. In. Well, I'll I'll just start with. Saying, well, we can we can talk about like, general like what, what about, I loved. The first couple of hours of the story I actually really liked. It's when you leave the opening area that I feel like, and this is true of the game as a whole. It goes from being something I was really fired up for. For, and maybe this is again my mentality for playing the whole game it was something I was really fired up for then I left the opening area and it's like oh okay it's it, 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 this is what it is now and <laughs> it's like I feel like the opening hours had such a promise of presentation and narrative that once you leave it and especially the narrative this is fine for a video game you know I would say I would say it was better than fine fine for a video game I mean I guess it depends I, I mean yeah I will agree like most video game stories aren't really all that good but a lot of the video game stories people claim as great are well alright or they're good but there's only a I mean, small smattering of video game stories I would label as being great. But I mean, I would say, I would say that it is a good story, and is maybe great if we want to go great for a video game. If we want to sort of put it on a scale like that, 
I feel like this would have been a blockbuster movie and it would have been one that I forgot. Maybe. It would have been one if I saw in 2017, I would have forgotten I'd seen it. I mean, kind of like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, I mean, I think what, what kept it going, obviously there was... Now they didn't play too hard with the with the cliches and the various robot apocalypse things, but I felt like there were a couple of there were a couple of twists that they put on it that that added some emotional aspects. And it's another one of these games where the more you the more you read the journals, the more you listen back to all the audio recordings. The more, the more parts of that world kind of get you. Are, are we doing spoilers? Not yet, because I want. Before we get into spoilers, I do want to touch on the character of Aloy. Um, and some acknowledgement. Um, because in a lot of ways, I don't. I don't feel. A lot of people when I when they talk about this game, they talk about Aloy. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, she's such a great character." And for me. Whereas the gameplay, it's more about comparison, comparing to Breath of the Wild. For me, when it comes to characters, just flat-out characters, male or female, in 2018, I am comparing to Senwa from Hellblade Senwa's Sacrifice. I think she is a really great execution of a character. Oh, um, so, yeah. And for me, Aloy is a video game character. She's not deeply flawed. The most flaw she has is she can be a little hot-headed, depending on how you choose her to choose for her to respond. But she never really has any consequences for that hot-headedness, so it's not really a defining characteristic She's, or yeah. a defining flaw. Um, I mean, but here's the thing: like for me, she take a drink. Here's the thing: um, she. Even if she's not a great character, I also recognize where that itself, for a lot of people, is extraordinary. Unlike someone like Lara Croft, like Lara Croft has her past hovering over her, so when they redefined her, they're intentionally like, we gotta avoid the idea of her being a sexual object. We gotta uh, avoid that. We're gonna, we gotta try adding depth to her. How about having her as a survivor? That'll really give her character. Like, they, they, it feels, in some ways, it feels a little tryhardy. Right. Um, I like the new Lara Croft, but again, I don't think she's really an exceptional character the way we've got her. Um, and maybe that itself is like people like, oh no, oh no. Um, but, but, I mean, I With guess. Aloy, she's free of that. She doesn't have any of that. She, I mean, the worst I could say about her is she really needs to put on gloves when she's sliding down a damn rope. Um, Probably. But she's got a, like, her like, her physique, nobody cares. She's, she's got this outfit that is incredibly practical, basically covers right. everything up anyway. She's got, she's, she's capable, independent kind of a deal. Like, I, I can see why, where for me... She's got average video game-ish qualities for a modern, modern video game-ish qualities. Because video games are getting better with their characters and narrative oh, yeah. and stuff. But they're still kind of... Uh, yeah, she's, and and she's, so, she's just kind of... She's, she's a little bit flat. Yeah. and and but So in that regard, I think... I, it's like I want to recognize that for a lot of people out there, Aloy is significant. And I understand why. And I get that. And I think part of it is, too, there's this, like, you know, we're not, if we were talking about Uncharted, we might not be going into this much detail as Nathan Drake as a character. Because nobody... No, he's contradictory and an asshole and he kills yeah. people. Well, <laughs> because nobody, nobody's out there, or not very many people, I haven't read any write-ups on how great a character Nathan Drake is. And so, like, kind of what you're saying, that, like... And in some perspectives, like, if we're being really practical about it, like, Aloy isn't anything special about, as a character. What Part of what's special about Aloy is that she is a, like you said, strong, capable, well-written female character in a video game that 
has that's not sexualized or exploited at any point in the game. And you know, we can all kind of kind of clap for that. Yeah. Um, e- even if we could say, you know. And in a reversal, instead of a whole, like, in most games, it's a whole bunch of women fawning for the protagonist. There's a whole bunch of dudes that end up falling for Aloy. That's true. Like, everybody's, every, every dude in the game is kind of into Aloy. Um, <laughs> that, that's true. And, and I, I, I get that. I, li- I like that. I, I like Aloy generally. But like I said, she's kind of, she's a video game character in that she's somewhat, now I'm losing the word here. Like a, a character... She's more defined than Master Chief. I'll give you that right. much. But Master Chief is nothing more than a cipher. Cipher, So, yeah. one of the, today's biggest gaming icons, she's more defined as... I would say she's also more defined as Mark, than Marcus Phoenix, but that's partially because Gears of War was very indecisive. Yeah. Um, over what it wanted to try and be. So, she's definitely got... She, she's definitely better than a lot of... Yeah, she's not, Male she's not really a cipher, but iconic right now. She's still cipher. But again, this isn't just and this is a this is something a a artistic choice, I think, to some degree, that sometimes you don't want your character to be too anything. You, you because you still want players to be able to relate and to project into that character. True. And, um, one of the things The Last of Us had an issue with is a lot of people found Joel, especially by the end of the game, despicable. Right. And he's supposed to be. That's part of why I love The Last... Like, The Last of Us went from average to great, in my mind, because Joel's despicable, but... Yeah, um, uh, totally. That's that's a good point, though. It's Aloy's kind of... I don't want to say safe, um, but she's defined enough... That you you want to be in her camp, and also like her her attitude makes sense given the context in which she's grown up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. But she's also like she never does anything awful or wrong enough that you're suddenly going to be like, oh, hmm, I don't know about this. Oh. And, and again, and this is and this I think this is just a part of it is just a, a fact of life with with games that there are some. There are some things which are done, you know, a um, aspects of the story or other thing which, if we're comparing it to, you know, literature or <laughs> or even good movies, like we say, yeah, well, this character is not really that great. But that's part of that is just by virtue of being in a video game. That's not disparaging video games as an art form. That's more talking about the 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 sort of the compromises you need to make. Um, for, for aspects of it. Like, again, yeah. like a, you need to be able to project more strongly into a player character than you need to be able to project into a perspective and, character in a book. And the thing is, I probably wouldn't even be thinking about any of this if it weren't for the fact... Because, again, I came to Horizon late, and I came to it by the point that everyone said, everyone had written this their, is great, this is great, this is great. Everyone and had I'm written like, their... It's good. They're glowing, like... Yeah, so it was oversold. And, Everything's yeah. oversold for me. And um, as a result... Like, uh, I, I feel that's the point of contention now, where it's like, oh, and I feel that, like, otherwise, I won't, I won't really feel the need. It's like, yeah, Aloy's all right, and then we can move on. Yeah. Um, now, let us get into spoilers for the last closing bits, because um, I think, again, I think the game is good. You liked it more than I did, but regardless, that's two people, clearly with different kind of things they want out of an open world game. Um... That managed to come away enjoying it. So I think yeah. it's pretty... I think the game has earned at least some of its critical, yeah. like, praises. Uh, and I think I think what what pushes it over the edge a lot of them is the aesthetic of the game. The the, the vistas and the... Um, I saw some stuff on how they... See, again, Brother of the Wild. I could climb anything. In this game, she can't climb shit. I am so, like, upset by that. <laughs> Uh, there are so many things I wanted to climb. But it's just, it's just the idea, you know, if if the robot dinosaurs had just been an animal, various creature, if they had just been organic, it might not have been. They like there's there's elements of the aesthetic of the game. I think, honestly, that, you 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 you'd remove a lot of the weakness elements. You'd remove a lot of the explosive elements, and you remove a lot of the. Like you want to hit this specific, we- yeah. you want to knock all, you want to use the blast arrow on the I, I, disc I, I, launcher I on the T-Rex. Yeah, like, I know. 
I mean, real animals like would this. not have been anywhere near as interesting to hunt. Right, they're, they're, that's true. But there's there's a lot of things that just the the game is is interesting to look at. Um, yes, and and there's a lot of the game kind of rewards you um, visually uh, in a lot of ways. I, I think that's another thing that sort of that gives it a little bit of an extra push. Um, where the, the art design in general on the game was very good um, and, and really helps that out. So, s- spoilers. Spoilers. Okay. You sounded like you had a lot you wanted to discuss in regards to spoilers. Me, again, it's like, it was alright. Well, it's the... It's a... Uh, it's, it's... Right. So, it's a variation on Skynet, basically, right? Yeah, Jurassic Skynet is what I called it. But, well... And, and I, will, I will admit, I will admit, that was reductionist. Even if I do say it's sort of still accurate, it's also sort of not. I see what you mean. They complicate it. It's complicated. Um, the, so the first thing I like about it is the fact that um, this wasn't malicious. This wasn't the compute. Well, initially, the apocalypse itself wasn't malicious, and it wasn't the result of computers becoming self-aware. It was some bad programming and bad QA yeah. um, basically that led to the eradication of mankind and I kind of like I mean obviously it's terrible it's the eradication of mankind and and not just mankind of all life of any sort on earth it basically like it lays waste to the earth because it's consuming all organic all organic matter right so everything trees animals humans everything is just completely destroyed and barren and like so that's terrible but i I think the idea that it wasn't it wasn't malice that killed us it wasn't it wasn't being replaced by a super intelligent race of machines failing to listen to the environmentalists all along or not even, it wasn't even feeling like the environmentalist. It was just oh, it's totally environmentalist. It was. I mean, it's a little environmentalist, but the but the oh, come on, Gaia and all that. Oh the yeah, mother, I, I, like, I, but we haven't even gotten there yet. All we've gotten to is <laughs> as a programmer screwed up, and now everything in the world greedy business too. Capitalism and is a, evil. Capitalism is evil. Environmentalism, developers, software developers, and engineers are, are evil. evil. They're all evil. Satan. I'll drink to that. Um, uh, so, and I, I mean, you, you, I mean, that was at least, at the very least, that was a fun twist on it, right? I would say I would agree with that. It is a bit of a fun twist, and I would have honestly, like, they, they kind of had me going based off something you mentioned um, that someone would have inserted some code that glitched out, and while they did, it ended up being a much more direct, like. The guy responsible for everything is literally responsible for everything. It's not just he programmed these machines wrong. He then killed everybody and reprogrammed it because he was afraid of everything going wrong again. So, oh, oh now we're talking about Hades. The guy who pro the guy. Oh wait. Well, okay. There's Hades, the machine. Right. And then there was the guy. Who programmed all the machines that brought what's her face in? Aloy's uh, clone mother. Um, do, are you remembering the earliest, the first time you find these holograms? Yeah. This corporate dude, I cannot oh, remember. Oh, yeah, like the, 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 the CEO, yeah. Steve Jobs it's, or whatever. He, we'll he, call him Steve Jobs. He screwed up. Well, he didn't screw up. I mean, one of his developers screwed up and he released the product. He released the product, yeah. Well, that's where I was getting confused. But, but, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's the thing. So Jobs... Steve Jobs, later, after she's already gone and sacrificed herself nobly, um, he... There's a hologram where he basically... He's communicating to everyone where you see their dead bodies. He gasses the chamber and is talking like, nothing like this can happen again. I'm changing Hades. And Hades is talking to him. Oh, right, right. The whole time. He intentionally changed Hades because he was afraid this might happen again so he was trying to put in safety measures only his safety measures guaranteed that yes it would happen again right yeah which that was um yeah I, I, I okay now, now I know you're talking about that yeah that that whole that whole sequence corporate jerkwad ruined the day yeah Steve Jobs man <laughs> what are you doing you made the iPhone and now um yeah so 
and again, so that sort of ended up being, I think that was one thing that was kind of frustrating, was that ended up being a little bit less nuanced than it could have been, I think. Um, yeah, and I, at risk of, inf- of like pissing off even more people, one of the things that I, something I find that can be problematic is the fact that there's not a single woman in this game that's a villain. Um, even in the side quests, all the women are in some way good, with the exception of in the opening village, the yeah. woman that is very much against your character, like, was ahead yeah. of your, in charge of your character getting banished. But even then, she's not really evil, she's just misguided. Whereas there's a whole plethora of, and I don't want to be some kind of like, oh, that's just unfair. It's like, sure. yeah, dude. M- MRA over here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, dude, yeah, dudes suck too. But it's. <laughs> Should we not have women as villains divorced from things? Like, what are the most common women you see as villains? Um, like, I, like the, one of the first things that comes to mind in recent video games is the woman in Hyrule Warriors who was obsessed with Link. So that's kind of like, ooh. Yeah. Um, you know, you have the, the, the stereotype of the, the Disney films, the evil stepmother. Right, some kind you of... Have, like, women that are always, like, some kind of a backstabbing, or, like, you, you have well, all these cliches. Have... Why can't we have a woman that's essentially Dr. Claw from Inspector Gadget? Right. Or, you know, a, a corporate... Like, or, like, one of the things that I was expecting was, um, the, the one dude who's the, who, who leads the, um, the, the or, 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 Ori? The, um, no, Ori is Stargate. Um, he, he leads, like, the group for the, uh, Meridian. And, like, yeah. his sister, she goes missing, and he goes to find her. What I was expecting is that she actually defected. Oh, uh, right, right. And that would have been cool. That she actually defected. She didn't want her brother involved. She would rather... Um, he thinks she died or something. Because she wants to bring down the king. Kind of a deal. Like she was... Or, or maybe she was this big bad yeah. guy all along. Like everyone kept calling he, he. And it's actually she. But n- no, that's not what it is. And it ends up just being very predictable. It's yeah. yeah, it's just the generic big bad guy. It's... The... And, and I think it's... It is with good intentions on the creator's part. The creators were like, we really want to represent women very fairly. We want to represent minorities very fairly. So we have a whole bunch of people of different colors and races. Um, And and yet, at the end of the day, if somebody did something bad, it it was a man. And it's like you're robbing women of the ability to screw up, too. That's that's interesting. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree with with the... With, with some of that, where I do think there there may be I something... Don't, I want to make a note. This is not any reason why I think less of the story. Like, yeah. I don't... And again, I, I'm not... I'm not offended. Oh! I'm like, so offended. Oh! Women are evil! Why? No, uh-huh. no, 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 no. It's... I think if you really are going to push forward, though, you need to be willing and brave enough to say, this is going to be an evil woman. Right, I, I can, I can, I can see that, um, and and that is something where you know we we, we want to be equal opportunity for all sorts of villains um, in in video games or just complicated characters um, in, in games. Now, I do wonder if there was something going on on thematically um, with this idea of like Gaia, sort of like oh, Mother, Mother Earth, Earth, yeah, where and then you have sort of. Um, and the, 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 the settlement you start from is like a matriarchy kind of thing. And again, yeah. I actually really liked how they set that up. Yeah. Because you had, a, there, there's the depth, like, not all the matriarchs agree. Dude, yeah. that's more, like, already, like, those opening hours were so much more interesting than the rest of the game. I, I would agree with that, too. Um, I actually, I, I will agree with you on that point where I felt like I, I was, there was sort of a, there was a big letdown once you exit the opening area, um, but yeah, I, I can I can kind of see that thematically. Where, or I, I can I see the I see what you're talking about. Definitely I, the Earth Mother kind of a deal, the nurturing where, mother. Because I think also because Aloy's always also obsessed with her finding her mother, kind of a deal. Right. Where yeah, so that kind of plays that plays a big role in it. And of course, Aloy is as a is a clone is is a, of the of the what's her name. Doctor, Doctor Sarazawa. No, that's 
That's Godzilla. What am I talking about? Never mind. That's on the tip of my tongue. I don't know. Like, that, that, that's, but the, the, you can see where my fandom lies. That's like the... You think Doctor, and I think of a Godzilla movie. Uh, Mr. Doctor. Uh, no. Mrs. Doctor? So, but, so but, Mrs. Doctor. Mrs. Doctor. So, I, I, yeah, I think... I can see where the, the the certainly we certainly had some room for that. Um, it's not something I picked up in my playthrough. I'm kind of less. I think I'm less sensitive to some of that stuff, or just like notice. Because um, there's the company I keep um, in my immediate household. Unfortunately, I will pick up on it because they pick up on it a lot easier. Yeah. So by being around people that are kind of looking for it. So they can complain about it. Now, one thing I thought was interesting on the on the sort of that end of the of the spectrum um, is how they created a world with a with a very diverse cast, and they sort of they gave a very robust in game explanation. I think <laughs> for the the diversity that you see around you. Whenever somebody's saying your first thought is like, well, if it's been if it's been whatever hundreds of years since we've since since for this apocalyptic event, like why do we still have like pale skin redhead over here and like you know dark dark skin black guy over here? Like why we haven't should we all, all be, the, like more all the skin tones in between? Yeah, or shouldn't we kind of have more been homogenized with a small group? There's no well, this is only they like intentionally a couple, like right a couple generations out of the pods essentially, which were designed to preserve. The, Every, the, as the many diversity codes, and as many languages as possible. That's actually one of the things that I found interesting is having to choose which languages would be preserved and some that had to be left off. Mm. Like some of the logs like, were interesting. Yeah. Like they, they, they did cover some uh, fascinating stuff. Um, and I had and mixed feelings about the dude that was like, we gotta preserve these like torture porn flicks. And it's like, ooh. ooh yeah, some of it was a little, was a little weird. Uh, but it was kind of... Those those logs really did add some add some color to it. Um, I think the one that was sort of like was, was like heartbreaking for me was the the guy who's like gone off to to fight the to fight on the front lines against the machine. Oh, a lot of those I really enjoyed. Yeah, and it was like you know it's it's you can tell it's slowly getting worse, and then you run into a one recording that's very clearly an amalgamation. Of previous recordings, and then you find a recording from his wife that's like something's not right. Like what's yeah. going on? Like this is yeah. That was actually and really. They're, good. they're like wow. Like these they, they want they're they're hiding all of this from the public. That like they're basically just there's no hope. If you're alive today, you have no hope. Um, yeah, you're going to get massacred and processed to become fuel for a machine. Um, yeah, I I did find that. Um, actually, that's if the uh, the environment can even sustain you that long, because mm. a lot of people wasn't able to. Right. Um, no, I, I I no, there's there's definitely elements of it that I like. I just think for me the the like again, again people are like, oh, it's a great story, and it's like, eh. like it, it went about where I expected it to, including. And part of it's because of what I said. Like, not a single woman in this can be evil. At the same time, I was like, I bet Zavala's gonna turn on you at the end. And, post credit scene, Zavala clearly turns on you. Oh, of course, when I say Zavala, that's who the the, the voice actor does in Destiny. Um, oh, um, what's his name? I don't remember I don't anybody's name. Prepare for quoted dispatch. Like he's got that kind of like he's got a really he great was, way um, of talking. Um, did you ever watch Fringe? No, he was but like I know of it. he was like the the boss of their their organization in Fringe. He's an awesome guy. Um, he's an amazing voice. I love he him. um he's done some great roles. At the same time, um, and that's a shame of it too because sometimes when like. His, his, his attitude was essentially suck it up, Buttercup. I was like, you know what? Yeah, I agree with this guy, which means he's probably going to be a villain right at some point. <laughs> and yeah, post credit scene, haha, I guess he's going to be the bad guy of Horizon First Dawn. Because, I mean, we, first, plus zero, one. Zero so. Dawn, maybe it's going to be like first... First sunset, I don't know. First afternoon. First twilight. 
first lunchtime. <laughs> no, okay, we're, we're being really awful now. <laughs> um, which means it's probably about time for us to wrap up, considering we've gone a little over an hour. So, um, yeah, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, it's a good if game. You, if you've got 50 hours... And and now it's it's reached the point it's almost a year old. You'll catch it on sale if you haven't bought it yet. Yeah, and I've basically made sure that someone someone's going to hate me. Either I'm being too kind to this game, or I'm being too rough on it by being an MRA asshole. So it's like it's one of the two. Like, <laughs> well, did I make things awkward? A little bit. It's okay. <laughs> I'm I'm just uh, no. I'm, it is a good game. I'm a hippie or something. So. I was all right with it. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> you're a hipster. Let's... Hipster, yeah. But no, it, it, it was a good game. I liked it. You thought as it was I drink my IPA, you. yeah. Uh. You thought it was better than I did, but uh, I mean, either way, again, if we both liked it, you'll probably like it too. Um, maybe you won't, unless you hate good things. Some people do. It's true. Um, I think next time we'll come back and we'll just talk about nostalgia unless you actually get around to beating Hellblade. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we'll probably talk about nostalgia next time. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good night.